Why don't you just greet one another, the left, your right, in the name of the Lord today. Say, we're going to praise the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Won't you come in this place? Come and move in our hearts, Lord. Open hearts, Lord, this morning. Open hearts, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to hear from you. Lord, we want, Lord, to, to wait upon you, Lord, on this day, Lord, on the Lord's day itself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We ask, Lord, come, Jesus, come. Come, come in this place, oh Lord. Jesus, Jesus, always your people, we welcome you in this place, oh Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just take a minute right now, just you and the Lord, just begin to just wait on Him, allow the Lord to come. Worship you, Lord. We honor you, we honor you. But we're entering your courts today. We want to enter in your house today and give you praise and worthy because you're worthy, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. O oh Lord, we lift up your name on high in this place. Be magnified and be glorified. Jesus, Jesus, you reign, O oh Lord. We welcome you here in this place. Let's give him the Lord. Clap our friends to the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We welcome you in this place. Amen. Let's praise the Lord today and let's declare. Let's declare to the Lord He's worthy. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go. go. Let everything that has breath let's declare it. Praise the Lord. Praise let's the sing Lord. It again. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I'll praise in the valley, I'll praise on the mountain, I'll praise when I'm sure, I'll praise when I'm doubting, I'll praise when I'm numbered, I'll praise when surrounded, His praise is the water, my enemies drown. Let's declare, as long as I'm breathing, I've got a reason to praise the Lord, oh my soul. Declare it, praise the Lord, oh my praise. I'll praise when I feel it, I'll praise when I go. I'll praise because I know. Still in control. 
Lord Cause my praise is a weapon It's more than a sound My praise is a shout That brings Jericho down Cause Lord As long as I'm breathing I've got a reason to praise the Lord Oh my soul Your name, worthy. 
time. Oh, just the voices we sing, Maranatha. Church, let's give that voice to the Lord. Lord, we desire that you come soon. Because, Lord, this world is in a mess. Good has become bad, and bad has become good, and evil flourishes, and the righteous are being persecuted. And that Lord, like what the Spirit and the Bride will say, we say, Lord Jesus, come and come quickly. We desire you, Lord, to come and once again restore all of us and restore your church and restore the world to what it was intended to be. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that because you died and you rose again, the Father has given you the right to restore everything back to perfection. And we look forward to that. And we say thank you, Lord, for giving us life and hope, salvation and joy today. We receive all that you've given to us with great gratitude. And we want to give thanks to you. Once again, church, let's give the Lord the loudest applause. Because He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy to receive all praise and glory from His people. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you. And we give you the glory, God. Truly, you are awesome. You are awesome. In Jesus' name, we give thanks to you. And God's people say, Amen. Okay, folks, before you sit down, would you just greet three persons on the left and right and say, I'm so glad you're in the house of God. Well, a big welcome to all of you today, the second Sunday of uh, the year. And uh, we want to welcome a very special group of people. If you are here for the first time, you know, would you like to wave your hands? Because, you know, the ushers want to give you, you know, our welcome gift. Anyone? Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Well, today we have some very special guests among us, right? And they actually are here to hear what Pastor Ben has to say afterward. So we want to welcome, you know, a big group of them here today. Uh, we start, you know, uh, introducing, uh, you know, Pastor Joseph Lee, the senior pastor of our Bartley Church and his wife, Amelia. Can you stand up? And we want to welcome Brighton uh, Community uh, Senior Pastor's wife, Juliana, and uh, the Senior Pastor's son, Shangyo. Uh, we want to welcome uh, Pastor Jenny Lun from KCC. And we also want to welcome the former Senior Pastor of Butley Christian Church, the first chairman of the Buckley family of churches, Pastor William Lee and Iris. Now, for all of you who are new, you know, we would really encourage you to go downstairs to the welcome lounge uh, at level one. 
and have some coffee and some dim sum with us, okay? After this service, we want to get to know you better. And uh, for those of you who have brought guests, you can also connect them at the connect corners, you know, just outside the uh, eight film here or downstairs uh, at level one. Would you do that? Let's continue to worship the Lord with our tithes and offering. If you notice that we are actually going digital, so, you know, do actually uh, look at the pay now or the interbank transfer and uh, give to the Lord. Let's pray and give thanks. Lord, you have given so much to us and today we want to give a part of it back to you. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given us such a prosperous nation like Singapore where we can get good jobs and uh, have good uh, living. We don't take these things for granted. But Lord, today we give a part of the blessing you give us back. And we ask that God, you would use our love gifts to expand the kingdom of God and make Jesus known. In his name we pray. Amen. I just have two quick announcements for you. One will be that uh, our Filipino congregation has come back to worship with us at Grace Chapel every Sunday at 11.30. You know, for the last uh, two years, they've been out at Bible House and uh, we felt that the time has come for them to come back here and be integrated to the main body here. So if you have any Filipino friends or helpers, you know, do invite them to come uh, for service at 11.30 at Grace Chapel, okay? And to help this adjustment, we are going to have a temporary arrangement that uh, we will have shuttle bus stopping at Pasiris MRT station at 10.20 and at 10.50 to ferry you know, the uh, Filipino congregants to church. And because of that, at 11 o'clock, okay, when the bus come down here, for those of you who need to go back to White Sand or to Pasiris MRT station, you know, you can actually hop on that bus at 11 o'clock to go back there, right? Just know that this is a temporary arrangement. Huh? Uh, once the Filipino, they know how to get here, uh, we would not uh, be having the shuttle bus anymore, okay? Or, or at least, I mean, that, that is what we are thinking of at the moment. Now, there's a baptism class uh, that is starting soon. We are going to have baptism on the 17th of March. And if you desire to get baptized, you know, do sign up uh, for the baptism class. It starts on the 27th of January from 9 a.m., to 3.30 p.m. And the link uh, is up here. So do encourage uh, yourself and anyone else uh, to sign up for this baptism class. Well, today we have the privilege of inviting our senior pastor to give his first sermon of the year. And also he has a very special story to tell you. Pastor Ben. Story. <laughs> I have many stories for you. Which one do you want to hear? Good morning, everybody. Today's a special service, and I wanted all of us to be here in person to be able to be with us for the time that we're going to share together. Now, uh, I'm going to share with you first a word in season, and then we'll move on to a family talk. So today's service uh, has no live stream because we want everyone to be here in person. So let me just start with the word in season first. And this story will help us ease into this, this uh, sermon. Last month, I was back in Sabah to visit my aged parents. And I came back to Singapore. The next day, I was bringing the car for car servicing. And on the way to car servicing, I noticed a missed call on my phone. It was my dear nephew in Sabah. So straight away, going to car servicing, I was wondering, what could have happened at home? I just came back yesterday, 
this is going to be a major interruption to my day and maybe my whole week, maybe my whole life. So uh, all the thoughts began running through my mind. What kind of interruption is it going to be? So I called back my nephew immediately. He calls me Taikyu in Hakka. is like the oldest brother of your, your, your mom. Taikyu, you know, breakfast? Try <laughs> me <laughs> Singapore. And he thought I was still back in, in Sabah. And uh, so I said, oh, see, it was a very minor interruption on that day for me. Maybe tomorrow morning, you might get a call and it could be your long-lost friend from 30 years ago that you've been trying high and low to find on Facebook you couldn't find or Instagram. Or maybe tomorrow you get a call and then it's the recruiter from that dream job you've been praying for for 30 years. <laughs> no, you get excited, right? You won't sleep anymore for the sermon. And then, or maybe you get a call it's the personal assistant of the Deputy Prime Minister, Lawrence Wong. <laughs> and then you go to the phone and he comes on later on. He says that, oh, you know, I, I'm on track to become Prime Minister. I, I wonder what your career plans are for, are for next year. I'm building a new team for Singapore. <laughs> Making plans is very important. But life rarely turns out the way we plan. Setting up appointments is very important, but that will not be always the thing that we do in a week. We're going to be interrupted, all of us, and we don't like to be interrupted because we like to be in control. We like to know what's happening, when it's happening. We want to know our career trajectory. We want to know the career path of our children, the schooling options of our children. We want to know all these things. But life has a way of disrupting our plans and interrupting our lives. And sometimes these interruptions, although initially annoying, it can be creative and constructive. And disruptions can lead to our transformation. In fact, disruptions often can be God's way of inviting us to reimagine our present and our future differently. They can be God's way of offering to redirect our life. They are God's way of getting our attention, changing our plans, and ultimately changing our lives. And truth is, we don't want God to interrupt because we have a hard time changing. But God wants to make us completely new. Very scary, but very exciting. So today, we look at a text from Mark's Gospel. And, and in this text, Jesus just taught about the kingdom of God. And then he sails across the lake and a storm comes and Jesus interrupts the storm. And then just as the disciples thought we're going to get a breather across the other side, the Gentile, the non-Jewish side, they reach the other side. A demon-possessed man comes out to interrupt them from the graveyard. Jesus has to deliver this guy, send the demons to pigs. Now this is the Gentile area. That interrupts the owners over there and they come back across the lake to this side of the Jewish side. And that's where we pick up the story today. My title for today's sermon is Faith's Interruptions. Scripture from Mark chapter 5, verses 21 to 43. I'm going to invite all of us to stand to honour the reading of God's Word. I'm going to ask the men to read the odd verses. And then the women, the even verses, because men sometimes can be a little bit odd. <laughs> when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Earnestly with him. 
my daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she can be healed and live. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched the cloak. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. You see the people crowding against you, his apples answered. And you can ask, who touched you? Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. Which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Heavenly Father, we thank you because every scripture is God-breathed, inspired by you, and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness that the man and woman of God can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Today, Lord, we sit under the authority of your word because we know that one word from heaven can transform our lives. And we come Sunday after Sunday because we want to meet the risen Christ. And Lord, encounter us today with your living, your Rima word, that our lives can be transformed. Lord, uphold thy servant as he uplifts thy word in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated, please. Faith's Interruptions, Mark chapter 5, verses 21 to 43. Today's scripture is one of Mark's most distinctive sandwich stories. Mark likes to use a story within a story. And for Mark, a story explains the other story. So today in his gospel, in characteristic Mark's style, Mark starts a story interrupts the first story with the second story, and then interrupts the second story with the first story and concludes the first story. And that's just like life itself, the interruptions in life. And Jesus himself, his ministry was filled with interruptions. You see Jesus managing a certain issue or a matter, and then something happens. He has to respond to it. And then we see here today, that is the case in today's Scripture, the tale of two stories, two stories of interruptions. And we start with the first story, number one, which is the desperate plea story. Bible says there's a large crowd by the lake, and, and like Jesus, his normal modus operandi, he's going to speak to the large crowds. And he's going to say to them about the kingdom of God and pray that many will come into the kingdom of God. And in the midst of this, maybe he's thinking about it, the first interruption happens. And then the crowd 
begins to open up and someone walks towards Jesus, everyone knows to get out of the way. This Jewish leader is a very important person. He's a very rich person. He walks with dignity, a dignity that hides the inner turmoil in his heart. And then this dignified, rich, important guy does something no one expects. He falls down at the feet of Jesus. His voice shaking with emotion, tiredness and desperation. He begs Jesus. In fact, he pleads with Jesus repeatedly to come and heal his 12-year-old dying daughter. My little daughter is dying, he pleads. Please come and lay your hands on her and she will be well. And the text doesn't say this, but I imagine Jesus would have reached out and, and brought him up to stand up. There's no room for delay. Time was of the essence, but their progress to the house of Jairus was obstructed because there's a large crowd. Not everyone, uh, at first I want to hear a sermon, now they want to see a healing. So as they walk, this whole crowd around them. So it's it, like they're trudging slowly forward. People want to see a miracle. Jesus' best plans for the day are set aside. Now he has to go to the house of Jairus. And maybe this happens to you. You make plans for the day, some, what interrupts you and changes the whole direction of your day. And then your day goes a totally different direction. See, when Jesus saw the love of Jairus for the daughter and his humility, his heart was moved. And he accepted Jairus' plea, desperate plea, and started going to the house of Jairus. The love that Jairus has for his daughter is the same love that the Father in heaven has for you. And the Father loves you so much, there's nothing He wouldn't do for you. That whilst you and I were deep in our sins, He sent His only one Son to the cross to bring us back into His family, into His kingdom. And as we sit here, we thank, we thank God. We thank our Heavenly Father for His love to us. There's some of us sitting here and feeling that my parents growing up never fought for me. My parents never defended me. They just left me. And God's saying to you right now that God has always loved you with an everlasting love. And that God loves your father and your mother as well. Although they didn't express or manifest that love to you. And God's saying to you as well, God's now using you as a channel to love your parents, even though you did not feel that love coming your way. And today, I just want to pray for you. If any of you here today, you are saying that, you know, I, I, I didn't feel this love my parents. But you're saying that the Lord's saying to you right now, I want you to love your parents the way I love you. The Father is telling you. So if that's you, could you please put up your hands so I can see who you are. Then I'm going to pray for you right now. Just wherever you are, just put your hands, hands up. Thank you, thank you. Anyone else, just hands up. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you. Anyone else, just hands up. I'm going to, thank you. Father, I want to pray. I want to pray. Would you just bow your heads for a moment, Father? I pray for every single person here, Lord, that's uh, sensing, Lord, and feeling your love, reminded of your everlasting love for them and for their parents. And Lord, would you enable, envelop and embrace these ones, Lord, with your love, that they will be able to love their parents the way you love their parents, Lord. Thank you for your grace upon our lives and your everlasting love towards us. In Jesus' name. The desperate plea is the first story. And the second story 
interrupts the first story. And the second story is healed by faith. Suddenly, Jesus stops. They're all moving, the crowd surrounding them. Some people, it's a big crowd, and he stops, everyone stops. Some, some bump into each other, some fall down. And it's like, when you watch a movie, there's a pause button. It's like someone hit the pause button before Jesus goes to Jerusalem's house, he's interrupted again. And this is the second interruption. Jesus knows something special has happened. He is not moving until he knows what's happened. And he demands, who touched me? And the guys are saying, seriously, who touched you? We are like on an MLT, on a on rush hour. Who has not touched you, man? We are like in a mall on a public holiday. Who has not brushed you? There's not time for interruptions. A, a girl is dying. She's 12 years old. We're going to make haste. We're going to double time. Once again, the crop parts. But this time, not out of respect. It pulls away from an unclean person who comes forward. And she doesn't walk with dignity this time. She shakes with fear and shame. And her eyes are looking down to avoid the disgust in the eyes of the crowd looking at her. She is, this meant this is an isolated woman, a cast, a castaway. This woman could not even enter the synagogue. She could not participate in any gatherings unless and in case she touched somebody and made somebody unclean. She could not have meals with her family. Because once she touched the common utensil, her plate, the tablecloth, everything becomes unclean in her world, in their world. So she was not just on the fringe of society. She was cut out totally from society, from family and friends and neighbours. And by this time, the Bible says, she's been, she's been living this way for 12 years with a continual menstrual discharge. So in that world, she was perpetually unclean, not just a few days per month, but every day of every week, of every month, of every year for 12 years. And after 12 years, the Bible says she spent all she had she, she's only cast out. Now she's totally broke. All her money on doctors. Desperate for a cure. Her desperation drove her to Jesus. Her desperation drove her to break all the rules of society. You cannot go into a crowded situation. Her desperation let her have the courage to reach out and touch the cloak of Jesus, knowing that a touch is enough. And Jesus does something amazing. And he says, daughter. And I'm imagining he says, my daughter. He not only restores her health, but more importantly, he restores her place in society. He restores her place in the kingdom of God. See, Jesus came to save the lowest, the most unclean, the most forgotten, the most low class, the lowest SES, miserable members of humankind. Maybe today you are feeling somewhat like this woman. And I'm wondering where in your life do you need a touch of Jesus? Or have him touch you today? And you see the amazing grace of Jesus. And even though he's on an urgent mission, he stopped to help this lonely, suffering woman. He was willing to spend time with this woman. And through Jesus, we see not only the love of God in the first story, now we see the power of God. With a touch, he's completely healed. And we see not only God loves us personally, 
the way Jairus loves his daughter, but God is so powerful, yet so loving. To the most forgotten people, to the most marginalized people, and through this woman, we learn that we need faith to bring our problems and faith to believe that he cares and he will heal us. He will touch us. That no matter what we are suffering from, Jesus is willing to help us. And in the first story, Jesus loves us. And in the second interruption, he has the power to heal us and he is willing to heal us. And God, our Father, will give you the grace to have this step of faith to reach out and ask for the name of Jesus and you will be healed. And then Mark takes us back to the first story. Always sandwich style characteristic of the gospel writer Mark. And the, the third story is the first story in a sandwich style, only belief story. So just as abruptly as the interruption happened, we hit the play button, and the first story starts again. And then now Jesus got no problem because he, he's touched, he, or he was touched by an unclean woman. Now Jesus is considered unclean by the society. So everyone moves away from Jesus. So no more crowd. Now we can move to the house of Jairus. But there's one more interruption. As Jesus walks forward, servants arrive and tell Jairus, it's too late. His daughter is dead. There's nothing more that can be done to help the daughter. No need to trouble the teacher anymore. No more hope in this house. And the interruption by the bleeding woman is over. But the time spent here has meant that the 12-year-old girl has died. So Jesus continues undeterred, reassuring Jairus. In fact, I believe the second story happened to speak to Jairus in the third story, first story here, about having faith. So Jesus tells Jairus to have faith. And only a few followed them. Because now Jesus is considered unclean now. And he goes to the house of Jairus and instead of healing this girl, he raises her from the dead. And maybe you've experienced this before. The phone rings, but it's not a happy call. The doctor calls you to come over and discuss the test results with him or with her. It's when you lose your health, you lose your spouse, you lose a relationship, you lose your security. Maybe you've come to the point today where you see there's no more point in troubling Jesus. There's no hope left. And Jesus' response to you is the same as him to Jairus. Stop being afraid. Keep on believing. It's what he told the disciples on the boat when the storm hit the boat. It's what he told Jairus when the news of his daughter's death threatens his faith. Our faith is interrupted. But Jesus says, do not be afraid. Keep on believing. It's what he tells us River Life when our fears overwhelm us in this new year, when we're ready to give up the fight even as the new year starts. Even now, many of us face personal problems in our life, in our work, maybe in our ministry, and these problems stand very big in front of us right now. And how are you going to respond to this? Jesus teaches us to overcome this and to trust him. You just received news. There is no hope left. 
your finance, your health, and your security. And today, if any one of you here need a prayer, just raise your hands. We're going to pray for you right now. Just wherever you are, just, just lift up your hands. Just, uh, yes, yes. Anyone else, just lift up your hands. Thank you. Just anyone else? Anyone else? Okay, thank you. Just lift up your hands. Father, I pray for every single person here. Lord, they need a touch from you, Lord, for healing, for a miracle, for a breakthrough. And I pray, Lord, that as they walk in faith, Lord, as that woman, the bleeding woman and Jairus, Lord, a miracle will happen to them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So may God help us hear his word. And his word is, do not fear, only believe. As I wrap up this sermon segment, in these stories we see God acted and a life happens. So God acts and a life happens. Two miraculous healings from three interruptions in the day of Jesus. And just as Jesus was interrupted, Jesus also interrupts our life. And he interrupts our life and our attempts to stay in control of the things in our lives. He interrupts our lives when we try to stay in control or the things that we want to hide that makes us ashamed it was brought to light. Christ reaches out to our uncleanness, to our hopelessness, and then touches us with a kind of mercy and love that we cannot begin to understand. And then he pushes away all the walls that have been trapping us in fear and shame all these years. And he pushes all the walls away to give us grace, salvation, healing, miracles, and life. And that is his sermon on the kingdom of God that day. He meant to preach to the crowds by the lake, but his sermon was here on the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like this. It's like a woman who has run out of hope and options, reaching out to grab some cloth and then falling on her knees and telling the whole truth of what she's done and what God has done for her. The kingdom of God is like a young girl in the hands of Jesus, rising from her deathbed and feeling a little hungry. River life, look out for interruptions. When their strangeness makes you afraid, keep on believing. Because it will be in the interruptions of our plans and the disruption of our lives, it'll be when we are out of hope and we fall at his knee, fall on our knee at his feet and claim his authority over us when we stop being afraid and only believe that we experience the kingdom of God in us and around us. Faith in Jesus disrupts and transforms our fear and our anxiety into hope and salvation. Jesus appears in the interruptions of our lives and says to us, do not fear, only believe. And this is the word of the Lord for us in this season. On the second Sunday, of 2024. Amen. Those of you who are watching uh, on this recording and those of you who are here, as I kind of um, finish this segment and move to the next, let me just uh, do a little bridge here. Our life is subject to change. And two things for sure, two things for sure in our lives for this year as well. One, interruptions will happen. Number two, God is with us. Two things for sure. 
interruptions happen, God is with us. So I want to say to you, those who are watching the recording and those who are, of you who are here, when these things happen to someone in your life, I want you to affirm to that person, stand with that person and reaffirm to them that interruptions happen, but God is with us. Affirm to them, interruptions happen, disruptions happen, but God is with us. And remind your friend or your family member, hear the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 5, verse 36. Do not fear, only believe. Would you say that with me? Do not fear, only believe. Amen. So for those watching the recording, I trust the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart deeply. And I'm going to move on to our family talk right now.